0: Well, hello, and welcome back to our second episode of our Anchor Conversations podcast, where we are bringing your Sunday into your weekday. Uh, That's our goal anyway. Uh, I'm Tyler, one of the pastors here at Anchor Church, and I'm here with Jason, our lead pastor. Jason, welcome to my podcast.
1: Hey, thanks for having me on your podcast. (laughs) Um, So glad I could be here. Hopefully I can provide some, some helpful information for you, you know, um, I've always wanted to be on this podcast. I'm really grateful that you uh,
0: would invite me. <laughs> I think we're all hoping for some helpful information. Um, if you are new to this podcast, which we all are, uh, we've designed this as uh, a way to be uh, continue the conversation that we started on Sunday morning with the sermon. And our goal is to invite you into the conversation that's happening when we're preaching by giving you an opportunity to ask questions uh, and to interact with the text through this podcast. So if you haven't already, make sure you save the number, the text and number in your phone. It'll stay the same every week. And I'm going to put it in the show notes so you can find it there. Um, We got a lot of questions this week. So thank you to everyone who sent in questions. Uh, We're going to try and hit them as many as we can. Uh, If we don't hit them specifically, hopefully we hit them uh broadly but we we've got about half an hour here so we'll hit as many as we can uh and with that let's get into the discussion uh this sermon uh this week was continuing our who then is this series in the book of mark and jason preached from mark chapter two verses one through twelve uh jason your big idea was what you expect of jesus shows what you believe about him uh, and can you just summarize, Jason, just briefly where we were at this morning or this Sunday, excuse me, in the story of
1: Mark? This morning, I was, let's see, I got up. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> sorry, that was a dumb joke. It's going to be, it's going to be a dad joke day. I can feel, it, I'm feeling it right now. Um, yeah. So, so we're, we're still kind of in that section where Jesus is in Galilee. Um, he's, he's in Capernaum and um, he's, he's actually, we're, we're, this, this upcoming week is, Really, about where everybody starts getting really upset with him. but he's he's start demonstrating to demonstrate his authority. And that's kind of been the theme, I think, through a lot of this early section is is him demonstrating his authority in this kind of this Galilee region. and um he's getting attention from the scribes and um the Pharisees and uh, and because he keeps doing things that seem to be, messianic like like the messiahs maybe around but then people don't want to believe it some people really believe it some people want to resist it and it's causing some tension so that's kind of where where we are in terms of the the book and then in this and then this week in particular um you know we just come we came off that one section at the end of chapter one where he cleansed the man um and you know essentially said "I, i have the authority to do this um you know, in term like I did that. Well, he's doing that this week, but the week before was when the person, he cleansed the leper and um again, demonstrating his authority. And so we're just, you know, we're in this, it's a little, I think we should, what we should be feeling is a lot of tension. Um, you know, Jesus, Jesus is creating waves here in the culture. And so that's kind of where we're at.
0: Awesome. Um, Yeah. And your, are uh, the way that you addressed our expectations of Jesus, you really spoke about, uh, how our prayers respect, uh, sorry, reflect our expectations of uh, of Jesus, and so um, a lot of your sermon centered on on prayers and and how we think about praying, and so with with that, we had uh, a couple of questions uh, surrounding the idea of what kind of prayers we can pray. Um, so I'm just going to throw these two questions at you, and you can answer them specifically or speak to it broadly. Uh, But here were two questions that we had. Uh, The first is, are there, quote, big prayers you shouldn't ask? Are there boundaries for, quote, good big prayers? Are there things that are off limits? I guess that's three questions in one. And then then the second uh, question was, shouldn't we pray for the little things and the big things? Pray for our daily bread and for mountains to be moved. Um, So yeah, if you could just speak to what kind of prayers we can pray and how we think about that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I understand the question. I think the question is probably getting at the idea of, um, you know, are there prayers that we can, are there prayers that we should avoid because they're selfish, you know, are there selfish prayers? And I would say, yeah, I think that's intuitive. I mean, I think we know what that is. You know, I think I said it on Sunday, you know, Lord, I want to, you know, help me to get away with robbing this bank or, you know, something ridiculous like that, you know, but, but it's, it's, you know, we know, we know that. Um, so I think that in that, in that way, that, yeah, there are things that we're going to, we're going to look at and go, well, you know, I, I want to be, I want to be careful, I guess, with those. At, at the same time, um, you know, those are going to transgress like the moral commands of the Lord. So anything, anything that's going to move against God's moral commandments, you know, I, that's not godliness. And so, Um, I think Tyler used to this the other day when we were talking in answer to this question too, but, you know, what is it, What is it, what is it like to seek the kingdom? Like, are we, are we seeking first the kingdom in our, in our prayers? Are we seeking first my kingdom? You know, I think that, I think that to be honest, I think that more than anything, we struggle with, with just praying honestly. So even in those things, there's going to be muddy waters where we're not sure whether we're praying his kingdom or our kingdom. We don't know. I think that we can just grow overall in a conversation with the Lord. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think that that there's going to be some prayers we're always going to pray that are not sanctified prayers that are not holiness or godliness, just because sometimes we don't know, you know, we're just, but I think too often we're scared to ask because we feel like, you know, like maybe God's going to hit me, you know, or something. I don't know. Like he's going to hit me with like a bolt of lightning. I'm going to, I'm done. You know, at that point, he's disappointed with me or angry with me. It's why we don't lament enough. I think we just, we're scared of his responses. So I think, I think more often than not, like even if we're asking prayers based upon just childlike faith, I, I think that that's what we're looking for. You know, a child asks anything because he feels like he or she feels like their parents can do anything. And so, um, I don't know the specifics. Somebody may have a specific thing in mind, but I would say the kingdom, you know, God's kingdom drew near. There's going to be some things. One thing I will say, and I'll keep this really short. I'm sorry, I'm rambling here. But one thing that I would say in answer to this too is, you know, Jesus doesn't destroy people that ask dumb questions or things. Like for example, John and James twice, at least twice asked stupid things. Like um, Hey, Jesus, these people are, you know, seem to not like you. Should we call fire down from heaven and destroy them? And he's like, yeah, that's not really what we're about. You know, we're not really going for that kind of thing. Um, Or, Hey, can we sit at your right and left hand? And he's like, let me, let me help you patiently understand what you're asking. So even in those, like, I, I think that there's, that there's things that we just want to be bold in asking more than anything. And then the second part of that answer, um, remind me what, remind me what the question was again, was it, Was it should we pray the whole thing like like small prayers and big prayers?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which actually, if you want, I can speak to that because I have something in mind with that. Um, Yeah, I think a lot of times as we think about big prayers, we want to we always want to check ourselves on the negative, kind of like what you addressed. Well, God's not going to answer the prayer to help me rob a bank. Um, I was thinking about uh, in Matthew six when Jesus instructs us how to pray. And in that, the you know, it's known as the Lord's Prayer. He says, he, he instructs us to pray. Two, one big thing, one small thing, essentially. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's a big thing. And give us today our daily bread. So those those things are both captured in the in the Lord's prayer. Um, I think a lot of times, and where your sermon uh, was was a helpful corrective. We don't really know what it means to pray your kingdom come, and that can be kind of intimidating because if we think of the fullness of God's kingdom, that is a massive prayer to pray your kingdom come, a kingdom where uh, where there's just purity and goodness and no pain and no brokenness. When you start going down that trail, that that's a big, that's a massive prayer. Uh, so a lot of times we just want to pray for our daily bread because, again, getting to expectations, we don't really think God's going to do the other stuff. Um, and so yeah, we do want to pray for our daily bread. We want to be faithful to uh trust God with that. But he's also calling us to pray for those big things as well, uh, those reality-shaping things.
1: Yeah, and, and maybe this might get to some further questions too, Tyler. But I wonder also if um people assume that praying for God's daily bread is less puts, puts less expectation on him than praying for God's kingdom to come. How many people are genuinely praying for the daily bread of provision for the Lord regularly and genuinely relying on it as opposed to going out and striving, um, sacrificing their families, you know, sacrificing integrity, um, worrying constantly about where's the next meal is going to come, you know. Um, maybe it's somebody that can't get a job or, you know, lost a job or something. And, and they're just in deep anxiety and struggle and worry. Um, and the expectation of the Lord is to provide, but at the same time, they're, they're really struggling with it. You just kind of wonder like, well, if, if you're genuinely trusting the Lord for your daily bread, why, I mean, you go to James, like, what are we, what are we worried about here? Like, you know, or even Matthew, if the, if God, if God is so kind and big and gracious and, you know, provisional to care about the sparrows. Don't you think, you know, and he knows the hairs on your head. I think he he's going to provide for you. So, so like the expectation of God and faith to provide for daily bread is not, I don't think it's less impressive than praying for the kingdom coming. It, it's just, it's just, what's our expectation? They meet the same things and does i do you agree with that i mean i think that that's how i would as i'm even thinking about that question i think that they're they take in some ways equal amounts of faith because because we don't like just to trust the lord for for daily bread sometimes either
0: yeah yeah i think that's where you know we talk about faith in action and and what it really means to trust in the lord um and it can be really easy to say we're trusting God without trusting God.
1: <laughs> yeah. And,
0: you know, to your point from Sunday, you know, that that can be really reflected in our prayer life where we, we can see and diagnose based on how we're praying, what level of, of trust and expectation we're expressing.
1: Yeah. Let me say one more thing. Let me say 10 seconds, then we can move on because I know we have a lot of questions. Um, It's hard sometimes in conversations like this, too, if you're listening to this, because there's a ton of caveats to everything. So, so you know, we can't hit every caveat because the book of Mark is an is an arc. So we're hitting even in a sermon, we're hitting a thing because we want to hit this aspect of trusting the Lord expectation. We could talk about how, you know, like another aspect of this that would caveat. So just so it's like just so that we all know and are aware. Um you know, these things come with all the weight of all the other biblical realities, too, where so we talk about trusting the Lord for our daily bread, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't work hard. And it doesn't mean we shouldn't go out and find a good job. And we shouldn't go to school and get like, we also don't just sit around and do nothing and ask God to meet us. So th- th- that's, you know, that's also inherent here in the text, because they don't sit around and do nothing either. They're taking steps, but it just comes under expectations of the Lord. Yeah, so let's move on to talk
0: about those uh, expectations, because we had a number of questions where people were wrestling with how we think about expectations, and I really like this question. Um, Someone sent in and said, uh, should you expect that God can work or that he will work? Does it depend? Uh, Someone else asked a question to the effect of, what if God doesn't answer my prayers? Um, How do I think about that? Should I stop praying, change what I'm asking for? Uh, I think you get the point of those questions, but can you speak to those just wrestling with expectation and unanswered prayer uh, in, and how we, how we think about those things?
1: God answers our, God's going to answer our prayer in his way and in his timing, which makes it really difficult. I mean, it's easy. You know, these guys, the reason that we talked about prayer here is because these, these people that brought the, that brought the paralytic man to Jesus essentially we're coming to him in desperation, which in a lot of ways is what prayer is for us. We don't have a tangible; we can't reach out and touch Jesus' garment and find healing that way, tangibly. Like I can't do that; I can't see him physically in front of me. So, prayer is the way I do that. It's a—it's this prayer aspect. So, the 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 answer I think that I'd give maybe to both of those: Can we, you know, can we? Ex- um, should we expect that God can? work is that the question or will work is right. that the, yeah um I think yeah I mean I I think that I it's a little bit of both and I mean I we can presume upon God's kindness right and just I think that has to do with with grace and that you know we read that in the Bible about about us just doing whatever we want to do and not caring about holiness and just taking you know taking um you know any t- sort of any sort of avenue we want to sin because we just trust in his grace. And I think that we're, we're kind of rebuked for that. That's not something that we should be doing, but man, I did. It's hard for me because I look at the new Testament in the gospels and I see people coming to him with remarkable amounts of expectation. Like even, even the woman that comes to him, that's a Gentile and says, Hey, would you, would you work here? And he's, he makes a comment to her saying like, you know the 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 people that get the that get the spoils here first are the children. Meaning, like it's Israel I, to 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 give something to you as a Gentile isn't what I'm here for. And she says, "Yes, but even dogs find scraps at the table." And he just marvels at her faith. Like I, it's because she's going, "I know you can do this." And so I I don't there there can be presumption a little bit. I don't I don't think we want to just say, "Okay, if I pray this in faith, God will for sure answer this." the way that i want him to but i do think that we can say i'm going to pray this and i'm going to be faithful to pray this no matter what it's the parable of the persistent widow i'm going to keep knocking i don't care i will keep knocking and asking and if he chooses not to answer this the way that i want to there will be a day where i will understand why he is answering it the answer is no so i think we can presume that he will answer our prayer it's just could be no for what we want it could mean that he gives us what's better for us, which is what happened in this store with this story in this gospel where he says, For I forgive you of your sins, that's better. And they didn't know that. Um, so I think we can presume that we can have an expectation that God can do it for sure. We can believe that God's faith. I can believe God's doing this. We can expect that he will work in some way, and he can and he can and will work in amazing ways all the time because that's who God is it might he doesn't bow to our whims but it doesn't mean we shouldn't expect him to do amazing things in and around us and we should ask boldly for them as his children and then take take the steps that he gives to us i think that that's how i would answer that question and if he chooses not to answer it right now the way we want um our trust is still in him and we believe that he is still you know big and sovereign and the God of all things and the King and, you know, and, and let's just say we're praying for healing. We can say, I don't know why, you know, we all have friends that have ailments that have been praying for, you know, decades and God has not answered their prayers of healing. And, um, he will do it one day, like one day they will, they will find themselves healed. It it could be once they close their eyes for the last time here and they open them up, um, and they see him face-to-face and their bodies healed, Um, what we're praying for is a foretaste of that here and just say, Lord, would you do it? And I think that the parable of the persistent widow should speak to us in that and help us to understand, like, oh, how often should we ask all the time? Um, It's 30 years of asking. God might heal you in the 31st year, and all those 30 years were preparation for you. I don't know, but that's how I think about that.
0: Yeah, that's good. I think, you know, we, we... We want to see those answers on, on maybe a different timetable. And we want to see, you know, we want to see the answers that we want to see, you know, to your point with the idea of being of, of dealing with sickness. Um, we have to hold on to the things that we know are true. We have to hold on to those things tightly. So we know that God, uh, that, you know, to, back to when we were talking about the kingdom, in the kingdom, there will be no sickness. So we have to hold on to that tightly, that God's heart is to heal. And and that's going to happen at one point. And you can pray that with confidence. And then you have to hold on to the things you don't know loosely. When When is that going to happen? I don't know, but I'm going to pray for it You know, in, in timing that is you know, generally quicker, right? That's when we want to see it happen. But as we go through that, we have to hold on tight to what we know is true, what God's heart is. We have to hold uh, loosely to the things that we don't know. They're a little more uh, up in the air. And also realize that in all of it, God wants to meet us in the asking, and God wants to meet us as we struggle through those things, and God wants to, to walk through that with us. I was talking with someone on Sunday, um, a, a new Christian, and I said, you know, faith, you, you have to understand, God, God doesn't just want to use you. He wants to walk with you in some really awesome things. So God's purposes aren't just things that he's going to send you out to do by yourself. God is inviting you on this journey with him every step of the way. He's in you. And I think the same thing as we as we think about prayers and expectations, that whole journey God is in with us and wants us along with him to meet us and to walk with us. And um, and that's not something that we should discount or or downplay. Um, although I know it's hard when you're really struggling to to have that be enough because you just want the, the suffering to stop. Um, but but God's with you in that suffering as well, uh, regardless of when it stops. Uh, but we know that it will. Yeah, because we we have his kingdom yeah um okay that's good so there were a couple of questions um just about how we think about big prayers broadly speaking um you know how do you overcome overthinking when you're paying praying big prayers how can we be, uh, begin to see more of our life um, maybe our entire life as in need of prayer instead of just nothing happening that needs any help um, I think you gave an example in your sermon about, like, you know, when when someone's just asking for prayer for their cat instead of what's really going on or whatever. Uh, so maybe just broadly speaking, um, you know, speak to those things: overthinking big prayers, seeing our life uh, as in need of prayer.
1: I wonder. I wonder if some of that has to do with um, us having a misunderstanding of who God is and. Um how much he loves us and how much he desires relationship with us and how needy we actually are. You know, I, I, um, I can't tell you how many times in my life I'm going to use, I'm going to use a different person as an example and then I'll use myself, but you know, my son, I love him and he, uh, obviously, but he, he will, he's in, like, he will not stop asking questions if he really wants something like he just won't. Like he will ask over and over. I'm finally like, dude, buddy, I love you, but you got you gotta stop asking me this. Like if I think I think Tiffany, I've gotten to the point of saying, hey, if you need an answer right now, it's no. So you gotta you just need to like give us some space, you know? Because he just, but he just he relies on me for that. He's like, hey, I want to know, can I, you know, can we do this? Can I get? And so I I think that there's something to be learned from that as a child to a parent that I think that that should be how we think. I mean, if 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 we are coming to him regularly and just saying, my whole life depends on you, everything about you is I am wrapped up. We just don't think that way because we are self-reliant and self-sufficient and we like to have our own kingdoms. Um, and that, that goes into also praying big prayers. I am the first one, I'll, and I'll tell you, that I struggle too with praying big prayers because my mind starts to go to, am I being, am I being um, presumptuous? How, why would I, why would I even think I would want to answer that prayer? I I can pray because I think I said this on Sunday saying something like 12 baptisms next baptism Sunday, my mind immediately, even on Sunday when I said that my mind went, that's stupid. That's not going to happen. I'm setting myself up for disappointment. Um, Why would I say that out loud? You know, like that's, I'm I'm talking on Sunday morning and I have this internal struggle because that's happens to me all the time. Like it's, it's a fight for me to say, I would love Anchor Church to just be a church where people don't, you know, aren't, I don't know, whatever, aren't infighting or there's no grumbling or there's people are all of people are in community groups or, you know, people are just Holy people love Jesus more than anything, whatever it is like that. We, none of us, you know, we all have that stuff all the time. Cause we're people. Um, but when's the last time I prayed that I just, I feel like, well, that's not realistic. You know, and my neighbors, are they going to become Christians? Probably not. That's what my first thought is probably not. So what's the point? Um, you know, I would love to, you know, I'd love to be able to, um, provide for, you know, for this, for, you know, this person or whatever, I should pray that God would, you know, do that. And then, oh, that's a big ask. I don't think I can. I mean, those kinds of things are, I think they're in all of us. They're in me. That's my first inclination is to do that. Um, So whoever asked that question, you are not alone in that. I mean, I feel like that's, you're right. You're asking my question. I I think that for me, it's coming and saying, yeah, but what does God want me to do? He he calls me to come to him and pray big prayers, you know, ask, ask, and um, you'll receive yeah, that, that mountain. If you have enough faith that, to, you know, that mountain will move, you know, um, a faith of a mustard seed, that mountain's going to move. Well, when was the last time I was like, move that mountain? You know, I, not that he's going to move a mountain, but I, do you know what I mean? Like there's big things. I think that people come to him and they're just asking Jesus and this gospel, some really big things and he does not shy away from it. He doesn't crush anyone that asks a stupid question. Even with the Pharisees this week, we're going to see that he's, he's angry with them for the questions that they're asking and what they're doing. He also grieves for them. So there's something where it's just, I think there's a patience there as children that we can take from and recognize that he loves us. And, and then, um, you know, try and walk that out. I would say, ask, ask the big prayers, try and do it without a caveat. Maybe you have a prayer journal. This is practical. Try not to, like me, again, let me use myself as an example. If I'm praying big things in a prayer journal, I like to end it with, but whatever you want, because I I try to like ease my disappointment. The Lord knows that. You know, I mean, I just, I've tried recently to pray things. When we hired Chris Amaro, um, who's been a massive gift to us, by the way, um, as a church, when we hired Chris, The day before I met him, I was discouraged because I didn't, I didn't want, I didn't know where to turn next. We were kind of at the end of our list of people that we could ask and we were getting ready to go to like career builder or something. I don't remember what it was like one of those, you know, we're like, I don't think we're going to find anybody here. And, and I prayed in my journal, um, the morning I met him, Lord, I don't know what else to do. I'm discouraged. I'm frustrated. I feel, I need you to meet me. Like, I need you to show me something, show me that you're with us, you know, show me that you are here. I don't know what else to do. And I almost wrote, but I still know you love me and you're good and you're kind and you're gracious. And you're, you know, like like to try and cushion the blow, you know, of my honesty. And instead I just said, no, I'm just going to leave it with help me period. I closed it and I walked away feeling like, Oh boy. Lord, I just was really honest. And that's how I really feel. And I didn't caveat it, but I'm just trying to be raw. And man, within two hours, I was on the phone with somebody talking. And within five hours, I was on the phone with Chris. And it was like, what in the world just happened? Like, I, I just wonder if sometimes God just wants us to get to a place of being like, take your mask off and be honest. And, and, um, And try to like ease the disappointment a little bit by just saying, Oh, he I think that we all have them in my in our minds, whatever the Lord wants. Um, but let's just ask the prayers.
0: Yeah, I heard someone today was listening to a sermon and he said, We don't we don't pray for big things because we already have five theological answers on why God's not going to answer that prayer. And Mm, yes, uh and I and that hit me where I think you know, we overthink things, we we want to put God into a box or we want to try and uh, explain it away before we even pray it. And, and to your point, I would say to the answer to this question, just pray, just actually think yeah. less, think less, because honestly, a lot of times we're not praying. We're just thinking <laughs> you're like me. So think less and just pray. And yeah, maybe write it down and just look at those words without any caveat. Like you said, just write down the, the prayer, the words, and then just look at them and, and offer that up to the Lord. That's good.
1: The um, most last ten seconds, the most theologically precise people in our passage, didn't get anything from him. It was the people that didn't know. I don't know if they knew anything. They all. Yeah, they knew I want
0: to. I want to think about that question here in a minute. So you can you okay. can hold on to that because okay. I want okay, to revisit that. <laughs> and okay. then and then I'm I'm going to speak to the second part of this question just real quick. This idea of seeing more of our life in need of prayer. Um, I don't know who sent this in, so I, so I hope this answer isn't offensive to you, because I'm not trying to be offensive. I honestly don't know who sent it in. Um, but one of the the thoughts I've had, because I've gotten this question before, you know, I, I shall have a whole lot to pray for. I don't really feel my need, whatever. One of the things that I would challenge you, and, and this could be you, it could not be you. I think sometimes we've insulated our lives so much uh, from the need for prayer by just, uh, you know, we have the trial of plenty. We don't find ourselves in need because maybe we have so many resources and our family's great and our friends are great and whatever it is. And I would say if you find yourself in that spot and you think, man, I just don't feel my need for prayer, maybe God is calling you to follow him in some really sacrificial ways. Maybe he's calling you to step out of your comfort zone and step out of your insulated life. And again, whoever asked this question, you could be like, no, actually, I'm going through a lot. That that doesn't describe me. I don't know, but... Uh, I think for some of us that that could be a corrective to say that yeah, you don't feel your need for prayer because God's calling you into a more a more sacrificial faith walk with him that'll require it as you're giving of your resources and as you're giving of yourself and as you're uh, maybe surrounding yourself with people who are more in need. Uh, you certainly feel your need for prayer when you're around people whose needs you just can't meet. Um, and, and that that drives you to prayer as well. So, um, yeah, that's good. all right, I want to I want to just throw one more question out there. Just, and this is, uh, just a, a kind of a, a more existential question. But you spoke, you just brought it up a minute ago. Is there any significance, do you think, uh, to the fact that the people expressing faith in this passage in Mark uh, two one through twelve, the they the they they're nameless those are the people expressing faith while the scoffers the people challenging jesus are named it's the scribes what do you is there any significance to that in your mind and what do you think it could be
1: mm. i mean i i i do i it would be a guess cuz it doesn't say in the text obviously but right. i every time yeah there there's usually significance to names and not names like if someone's not named Sometimes it's a negative about that person, like in like in um Ruth, there's people not named, and that's and that's intentional because that they don't want that person to be their name to be written. <laughs> like that's a negative. In this case, I just wonder if there's something to be said for the people that are finding Jesus and expressing the most hope are average, everyday, unknown people who just are coming and literally, like, children coming before him and just begging him to do anything. Like they're not theologically sound. Probably. I don't know. They might know their Bibles in the old Testament. I, again, we don't know who they are. It's they, um, they could be people that are from a different part of the world. Like, I don't know. I mean, we have no idea, but um, as opposed to the scribes, who were supposed to be those that knew the law, or at least had this understanding of what was going on. The Pharisees for sure were supposed to be those who were upholding God's goodness and his righteousness and telling the people about who he was and, and really being the, the um, not just the mouthpiece, but the hands and feet of the Lord to the people. And those people, the ones that were supposed to be doing that were the ones that were opposing Jesus. Whereas these people that, that were just these no name, they's come and they honor him and glorify him and everything. I just think that there's something about that. They're everyday people they're just like you and me they're not there's nothing unique there all they did was came come to him with um, deep trust and faith and expectation that he could do something and trust that he would and then he responded to it i think that there's some there is something to be said there for for that yeah that's
0: good and i think yeah maybe the the challenge for us is to do the same and if our religiosity is getting in the way of us doing that, like it was for the scribes, uh, then to turn from that and to come with just a childlike faith.
1: Yeah. Cultural. I mean, there this, this week, come this week, because there's something about cultural standards or something that we, traditions that we bring in that actually can shade our eyes from seeing who Jesus is and, and what he's come to do. And that's not, look, the, we are not, we are not better than the Pharisees and scribes here. We are just like them. We have our own traditions that we don't, that we don't, you know, don't like this, or we hold on to that, or we, you know, we fit in this box or we do this kind of thing. And we have to be careful because that will, I think that that will pull us away. Maybe even in prayer, like we, we have these masks on culturally where we, we want to, we want to make sure that we have it all together. You know, if people think that we don't have it together, they're going to look at us like, oh man, these people are basket cases. You know, they, they don't have, they don't know what what's going on. They don't have, they lack trust in the Lord. And so we wind up saying, can you pray for my cat? Which again, fine with cats, but we'd love to pray for cats. But if that's the limit of our prayers and you never, or it's like, I want to, I want to pray for my, you know, my sister's brother's, um, my sister's brother would be my brother, I guess my sister's husband's brother, son's best friend at school, you know, or my, or, you know, my, my professors, whatever it is, like we, we distance ourselves from feeling like we're needy. We're not, there's things needs around us that God can work there, but in us, nobody needs to know that. And I just think that I wonder if that's part of our tradition culturally where, you know, in our Christian bubble here where we just don't want to be known. I just think we just like to kind of have it all together. Some of that's generational. Maybe, I don't know, maybe the younger generations maybe more prone to being open. Um, I'm 46. I'm kind of probably in in the middle. I don't know. Maybe it's the other way. Maybe the older generation is more open. I don't know where that is, but there's something there. I think we got to get and say, let's remove it and be honest here and just ask the Lord and, and even in our groups and our community groups or in our, in our huddles, you know, just being really brutally honest sometimes, um, not, not in a weird, like I'm going to just tell everybody my whole life and every part of my trauma that's my life, you know, but like, to just be honest about life. Hey, life's hard right now. Can you pray for me? That's enough. If someone knows life's hard for you and they can pray for you, that gives me something to pray for you for. And I'd love to pray for you that way.
0: Yeah, that's good. And then if I could just be honest. I don't like cats, so I'm not praying for your cat. But if you're sad over your cat dying, I'll pray for that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know you're a, you're a cat curmudgeon, and you're also a Christmas curmudgeon, which makes which just makes a double whammy. So, um, oh, sorry, you're not going to pray for anybody's Christmas either. So you're gonna you're gonna the Grinch, you're gonna Grinch it up on that on that one.
0: I'll pray everyone has a white Christmas and a
1: happy Christmas. Well, look at you—that's growth. <laughs> you should rejoice if you're if you're listening to this in your car, just you know. Rejoice a little bit for Tyler. He's growing, um, which is really good. He actually liked a Christmas movie this past year, which is a, a huge—that's a huge growth step. So I'm—I'm—you uh, know—I'm grateful for that. I'll take a—you know—I'll take any little bit of encouragement on that that I can possibly get.
0: That's great. Yeah, I did like a Christmas movie this year, just one. Um, all right. Well, that's—we're going to call it at that for for this week's episode because uh, we're running running a little short on time here. Um, so again, thank you for all the questions. I hope that we spoke at least broadly, uh, to those questions and continue to send those in. Um, if we do get just a ton and we're not able to speak to all of them, we can do special episodes or things like that. We can, we can get creative with it, but please, uh, continue to send in questions, continue to engage with the sermons, um, in that way. It's, it's just really encouraging to hear everyone wrestling with what does God want to tell us? Um, as we're thinking about these things that we're hearing uh, in the Word on Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, so thanks for taking the time to join us in this conversation today. Um, our hope, our prayer is that you continue pressing into the Lord, applying the Bible to your life as you sing to to, to honor Jesus as King. Um, and we just want to encourage you to continue this conversation with God. Uh, even as we talked about prayer, continue the conversation with God, even praying to Him, Lord, my expectations of you aren't being met or my expectations of you are too low or they're too high or whatever that may be. Have those honest conversations with God. Um, have those honest conversations with Christians around you in your anchor huddles, in your anchor communities. Uh, continue to, to push forward in those conversations. And we look forward to worshiping King Jesus with you on Sunday and to talking to you again on the podcast next week. That's it.
1: That's good. Thanks for having me on your podcast, Tyler. Appreciate it.
0: Yeah, you're a you're an okay guest. I've had better, but you're okay. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs)
1: Wouldn't expect anything different.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, everyone. We'll see you next time.